This is Earth Files, the award-winning news site with the latest updates in science, environment, and real X-Files. Podcasting in-depth reports beyond the 6 o'clock news by Emmy Award-winning journalist Linda Moulton Howe. Hi, everyone, here and around the world. Great news. We've broken through 233,000 subscribers, and we are nearing 234,000 tonight. Thanks to all of you. And I would love to meet many of you at upcoming conferences beginning the end of this month. March 31st to April 1st at the Parapod Festival, produced by Tony Sweet, owner of USBN Radio, It's a two-day celebration about paranormal mysteries held in Santa Clarita, California, north of Los Angeles, on March 31st to April 1st. It will be in the Mentryville Park and the Hyatt Regency, Valencia. And you can buy tickets at www.parapodfestival.com. And Tony, the producer, has added a discount code just for our Earth Files YouTube and website subscribers and followers that takes 10% off tickets for the upcoming Parapod Festival if you use this code, LINDA10, L-I-N-D-A-1-0. That code will take 10% off of your ticket purchase. Next, After Parapod will be the Portal to Ascension Conference in San Diego on April 21st to 23rd. That's the same weekend that an aerospace source told me last year that the Pentagon had plans to use the Webb telescope to announce that a biological signature has been confirmed in an exoplanet's atmosphere. One likely solar system is TRAPPIST-1, about 40 light years from Earth, where the fourth planet from that sun is Earth-sized and likely has rocky land and deep water in the habitable zone. Recently, I was surprised to read that Mysterious Universe at the end of February was reporting, quote, rumors of a cover-up that life signatures in TRAPPIST-1 star system were found by James Webb Telescope, close quote, and they mean life signatures found before now but covered up. So what is happening with the truth about TRAPPIST-1? Hopefully we are not going to get more lies about life in this universe, and it would be fun for a bunch of us to be together at the Portal to Ascension conference in San Diego If we're finally going to see that history-breaking headline, we're not alone in this universe. With or without that historic headline, the first weekend in June 2 to 4 will bring another contact in the desert to the Indian Wells, California Renaissance Resort. It's always been a fun conference, and you can get tickets at contactinthedesert.com. Whatever truths about Earth and alien intelligences have finally been cracked open by early June of 2023 or not, 
Here is an important recent headline about our solar system. Quote, the power center in space moves to the moon, close quote, from Axios on January 10th, 2023. Quote, companies and countries are doubling down on their efforts to establish themselves on and around the moon where geopolitical lines are being drawn. China and Russia are planning to build a research station on the moon. NASA's Artemis program wants to send astronauts back to the moon by 2025. More than 20 nations have now signed Artemis Accords, governing exploration of the moon with NASA. SpaceX is building space suits and a human lunar lander for the Artemis program. And NASA Administrator Bill Nelson is worried that China will use the guise of scientific research to claim lunar territory to keep the United States out of territories on the moon. China says it will land people from Earth on the lunar surface by 2030. From political tension on the moon back down to Earth, and the horror of Ukraine's destruction by Russia reminds me of the December 1999 Defense Intelligence Agency analyst secret meeting with me that I've told you about before in Earth Files YouTube broadcasts. The DIA analyst told me, quote, World War II was an extraterrestrial war fought through human bodies, close quote. Those 1999 words were echoed during a 2015 recorded interview that I did with then 92-year-old retired aerospace designer William Mills Tompkins, who worked for Douglas Aircraft Company in the 1960s and with TRW, where he designed secret Space Force craft for what he called, quote, an American secret space Navy, close quote. Before he died at age 94 on August 21, 2017, he had written a two-volume partial autobiography entitled Selected by Extraterrestrials, in which he described his life as, quote, embedded in the top secret world of UFOs, think tanks, and blonde Nordic extraterrestrial secretaries, close quote. The first volume of Selected by Extraterrestrials covered the life of Bill Tompkins from 1923 to about 1970, and did not go deeply into the super-secret briefings he attended with U.S. Navy spies, reporting what was going on in Nazi Germany from 1942 to 1945. Volume 2 covers more about his subsequent aerospace career at aerospace companies, including Douglas and TRW. By age 22, on September 26, 1945, at the U.S. Naval Air Station in San Diego, California, William Mills Tompkins, his name misspelled with an H, was writing mission statements for special equipment production in aircraft research. Bill Tompkins was born in Southern California on May 30, 1923. With a rare photographic mind ability, he could look at anything and then be able to reproduce it in sketches and scale models down to the finest details, like these models he is showing a naval officer in this newspaper story. When he was nine years old in 1932, 
his father took him to Long Beach on the ocean south of Los Angeles to tour the U.S. Navy's anchored aircraft carriers, battleships, cruisers, and destroyers. He could remember all the details in his photographic mind and began to make scale models for fun. By age 17, in the spring of 1941, Bill's father had organized an exhibit of his teenage son's ship models at a Hollywood department store. Bill's details were so accurate, they showed the classified locations of the radars and gun emplacements that should be kept a top secret. That's when U.S. Navy authorities interrogated both father and son and demanded that the precise models be taken out of that store. But one U.S. Naval intelligence officer realized that young Bill Tompkins' photographic memory could help the Navy's technical challenges. Decades later, after working for the U.S. Navy for NASA and for Douglas Aircraft and TRW, when he was in his early 90s, Bill Tompkins reported in his Selected by Extraterrestrials books that Adolf Hitler was working with extraterrestrial humanoids allegedly from the star system Aldebaran shown on this star map near the Orion constellation. The ET humanoids were described as blonde-haired and blue-eyed who communicated to Hitler that they wanted all the reptilian Hebrew humanoids on Earth to be eliminated so that their blonde-haired, blue-eyed civilization could take over Earth. In his volume two about his aerospace career, Bill Tompkins described learning from intelligence operatives, as he put it, that half-mile-long alien spacecraft supported Germany's naval battle groups from space. And today, in 2023, eight years after I interviewed him, Several current aerospace and military sources say he spoke real truths. And tonight I want to share with you some of what he told me in a 92-year-old voice that's a little rough, but what he said needs to be heard. These operatives said that Hitler and the SS made agreements with reptilian extraterrestrials to where the reptilians were to give the SS secret information of extraterrestrial vehicles, their propulsion, their controls, their operation, and everything needed to build those and put them in production. This was to be used for the Aryan German SS organizations to essentially remove all of the Jewish people on the planet, and any organization that would be in opposition to the Germans taking over the planet in conjunction with the reptilian naval battle groups, supporting them, and they would do the same thing to other stars. Sir, it was my understanding that what Hitler was obsessed by was to have the Aryan blondes take over and dominate the world and exterminate the Hebrews. Are the reptilians that Hitler was working with tall blondes with vertical pupils in their eyes? No, they were exactly the same as Nordic people here on the planet. What is strange, 
what is hard to accept is that while I was engineering section chief at Douglas, I had a Nordic blonde girl with blue eyes as my secretary for almost three years on the Apollo program. Were you getting the designs telepathically from the blonde extraterrestrial secretaries? I got much of the information from them. Their purpose here was to make certain that we developed the Apollo program, which has a different mission than what was released. The Apollo program was for the United States to go to the moon and build a 10,000-man naval research facility on the moon. That was phase one. Phase two was for the U.S. Navy space systems to develop naval stations on all of the habitable planets in the solar system and or their moons. Phase three was to go to the 12 closest stars, Alpha Centauri being the first, and build U.S. naval space bases on all of the habitable planets in the 12 closest stars. Alpha Centauri was found to be a twin star system with very, very high radiation. So we were not going to build any facilities on Alpha Centauri. This was in collaboration with lawns versus reptilian extraterrestrials. Yes. So what happened in Germany for this entire time that I've been involved, you have to ask the question, do we have many, many Nordic-type extraterrestrial people, some of which are wearing white hats and some of them are wearing... The phone was suddenly disconnected by an unexplained outside force as Bill Tompkins was about to say black hats. I called him back. Bill, I have no idea what happened to the phone, but let's continue. You were talking about how blondes that you and the U.S. Navy were collaborating with must be white hats, and the blondes and reptilians that Hitler and the Nazis were working with must be black hats. Can you please pick up there? Okay. Some people have said there may be as many as 100 Nordic-type different extraterrestrials. I guess if you have that many... You're bound to have some of them that are not good people. What Hitler was doing, what is the real mission of Germany? What was really going on Mm -hmm. about the whole extraterrestrial situation? Germany, unlike the United States, Germany was given extraterrestrial vehicles. Germany was given 250-foot diameter UFOs, not just small ones. By the reptilians, right? Yes, by the reptilians. Germany, they were given the controls. They were given the communications. They were given the method of propulsion, electromagnetic and gravitational. But the point here is that Hitler and the SS at the time were given all of these types of vehicles. They were given everything in them, even food processing in the vehicles to operate out in the galaxy for years at a time. Whereas we here in the United States, we have to start from scratch. We have to later on try to decipher crash vehicles at Roswell. 
The reptilians are giving Hitler and Germany technology that can take them into space, and Hitler himself said the world would be populated by blonde, blue eyes, and the Hebrews would be exterminated. And yet, in the United States, all of you are struggling to understand what is happening in Germany, and the people in the United States helping you telepathically are blonde, blue-eyed secretaries. What is the relationship between the reptilians helping the Nazis, blondes helping the Nazis, and blondes helping the United States? You're asking the $64 question. That can only be answered till you can accept that we're not just dealing with reptilians or little greys or whatever. We're dealing with probably thousands of different extraterrestrial species, some of which are just coming here, making a look, and leaving. Others are doing their own agendas. Good and bad Nordic civilization people. And reptilians can make themselves look like Nordics. Right. Okay? They can also make Nordics and vice versa. So if you will accept that we got white hats and black hats that we're dealing with, and the most important thing is that you are living on a planet, which is nothing but a laboratory that belongs to them. Planet Earth has been being used for thousands of years by different extraterrestrials. We are and have been just a laboratory planet for extraterrestrial agendas. And supermarket for genetic material. Yeah, right. What do you really think happened in World War II? How was Adolf Hitler being used? There was extermination of Hebrews. But what was World War II about if the reptilians and Hitler lost to the Allies? They didn't lose it, okay? Because we did paperclip. Operation Paperclip was the Office of Strategic Services, or OSS, program in which more than 1,500 German scientists, engineers, and technicians were brought to the United States from Nazi Germany and other countries for employment in the aftermath of World War II. The Joint Intelligence Objectives Agency, or JIOA, its recruitment of German scientists began after the Allied victory in Europe on May 8, 1945, but U.S. President Harry Truman did not formally order the execution of Operation Paperclip until August of 1945. Now, this is where it gets real sticky. We now have Paperclip. Paperclip was initiated by the U.S. government, mostly personnel from here getting into Germany after the war and picking up all of this equipment and bringing it to the United States, and then some of it goes to Russia. But 80% of it had already been removed, so we got the leftovers. Yes, we got von Braun, and hundreds and hundreds of German scientists were brought here. They continued the German mission of getting to the moon with the Apollo vehicle, and then planning on going out into the galaxy. Except 
the reptilians were already there on the moon. They already had facilities there. And there were many other extraterrestrial civilizations working on their moon. It's not your moon, and it's not even a moon. Do you know for a fact which one of these extraterrestrials manufactured our moon and put it in position? I don't know. I think that's another one of our questions that we need to get an answer to. It doesn't rotate. It stays there looking at planet Earth. It's a vehicle for control. So when we got to the moon, the astronauts took their cameras and rotated all the way around 360 degrees, looking out at the rim of the crater. You never saw the enormous vehicles parked above the crater. You also didn't see the reptilians standing on the surface underneath their vehicles, giving the astronauts the finger. Hmm. Reptilian humanoids, were they literally raising their middle third finger? Because humans would understand that was F-U? Uh, I'm sure that's what it was. Well, did anybody show you a photograph of the reptilians on the moon? What we saw were numbers of vehicles, very, very large. And so, yeah, we got there, but then we got chopped off again. It's for their missions, not ours. It isn't our planet. The planet belongs to them. It's a laboratory, and it's their laboratory. But who is the there that owns Earth? You're back to the $64 question again. We're dealing with thousands of extraterrestrials. So it's probably a collective. But certainly the Dracos and the Reptilians are part of that control, but it's not specifically their control. That the Dracos and the Reptilians can be defeated by something that is more powerful? Yes. And what is that which is more powerful? There is the various organizations out in the galaxy. We're talking about many galaxies out there, but we don't accept that they have any kind of control over us. But we do have numerous organizations out there who monitor other stars' planets and other stars' military aggression against other stars. But we have, unfortunately, many other species out there who are operating slave organizations. They benefit for using slavery. Why would the reptilians need humans to do this? Good question. They had found that the human Aryan type were brilliant. In some cases, far more than their own species. And they wanted to modify themselves to something as a combination between a reptilian and a human as far as they could. That program was also going where what they were doing here in the United States and other parts of the planet, they were abducting humans and then interbreeding with different species. This has been going on for hundreds of years by other extraterrestrial and reptilians 
they would then be operating out in the galaxy, taking over stars, planets, and make slaves out of them. And they then would expand the Aryan races out in the galaxy. This was part of the specific space missions using the reptilians' vehicles. So what we're stuck with is that we have possibly a hundred different types of humanoid extraterrestrials here. Some of them are nice people and are helping us. Many of them are just like what Hitler dealt with, taking the wrong approach, but working with the reptilian, Draco-type extraterrestrials and taking over. is not just to take over planet Earth and make it a slave planet, but going out into the galaxy, other stars, planets, and do the same thing. Slavery. Okay, so we have a hundred different types of non-humans coming and going from other solar systems throughout the Milky Way galaxy, maybe even from other galaxies that are interacting with this planet. And we have been living on a concocted planet in which for at least 5,000 years, since the beginning of alleged Mesopotamian Anunnaki, that we have been told that we're alone in the universe, which has been a big lie. Can you explain what the relationship is between the Anunnaki, Enlil, Enki, the Titans versus Zeus Greeks in relationship to this whole big picture of competing geopolitical, territorial, extraterrestrial groups? Who, in Anunnaki terms, were those reptilians? Were they Nordics? Or were they extraterrestrial biological greys? You're asking an extremely good question. And I think that as we can better understand our own real history, which we're still trying to figure it out, and actually that's the question that you're asking, because we have been lied to for, as you said, over 5,000 years of our history. So this goes back to where the kings and the queens and the prince and the princess of different countries continually had sexual relations with other countries, continually creating more of the Aryan race. Right. And this has been going on for eons. Eons of harvesting genetic material from humans and animals on Earth to make hybrids, clones, and worker bee androids for non-humans. That was first discussed by people experiencing alien intelligences in the human abduction syndrome. Abductee Jim Sparks told me, quote, The aliens harvest DNA from us to make other life forms and body parts, the way humans manufacture cars and auto parts, close quote. If that's what the reptilian humanoids are doing, it would explain animal mutilations around the world in which the ears, eyes, tongues, jaw flesh, genitals, rectums, and internal organs are excised without blood and no signs of struggle or tracks around the dead animals. Parallel to the animal mutilations would be humans that are abducted for sperm and egg collection, but the humans are handled differently 
being returned alive, even if their minds and memories have been altered to forget what happened. When I produced the May 1980 television documentary, A Strange Harvest, about worldwide animal mutilations, sheriffs and deputies told me off the record that, quote, the perpetrators were creatures from outer space, close quote. When I interviewed William Mills Tompkins in 2015, I asked Tom DeLong, founder of To The Stars Academy, what his military and intelligence advisors said is the reason the so-called gods or others are now and have been for centuries mutilating large and small animals around the earth. I don't have the reason, but I have been given that it is true. Animal mutilations are happening because of the UFO phenomenon. I have not been given a reason why. Whether it's nourishment, whether it's scientific cloning experiments, whether it's just to scare us by dropping the carcass, you know, in the damnedest of places, I don't know. Or harvesting genetic material to create all of the body containers that they use. Which would make a lot of sense. But I have been told that it is from the UFO phenomenon. And since at least the early 1990s, first from people in the human abduction syndrome and then various whistleblowers, I have heard about cloned and hybridized bodies being used as camouflage in Earth's secret ex extraterrestrial wars, not only in World War II. And one long conversation that I had in December of 1999 was with a retired defense intelligence analyst that said Earth's secret war is between three geopolitical, territorial, non-human intelligences in conflict with each other, and that they have been in conflict for thousands, perhaps millions of years. And he said that those three contenders included the Nordics versus the reptilians, and versus a form of gray Eben types. And the DIA analyst told me that they fight with each other by using manipulation of time, manipulation of minds, and three-dimensional holographic projections that can actually change whatever their being is to looking like a human or change a telephone pole to looking like a cactus or all kinds of illusions that we humans are not seeing with the frequency uh, that we can get in our eyes. And that conversation with him that I've talked with you all about in pieces uh, before that goes back to that December 1999, it was the very first time that I heard from a U.S. government insider that he knew about the cloning technology that creates any shape or type of body containers that can then be entered and controlled by enemies or even by allies. And those are the tubes in my Glimpses of Other Realities, Volume 2, High Strangeness, that 106-page chapter that includes the illustrations, six different people, six different interactions with beings around these tubes that have light at the top and light at the bottom 
and inside uh, the abductees can see some that look like ETs, some that look like humans, and some of the abductees have called it the resurrection technology. And that what you need to interact with any of this is a technology that can detect and be able to tell which player is in which body container inside which resurrection technology. Even then, you might not know for sure the truth about what is friendly, what is neutral, and what is hostile. And further, Bill Tompkins told me that reptilian ETs disclosed to Hitler and the German SS that the reptilians had three extremely huge caverns in Antarctica, deep under ice. The agreement was that the reptilians would let the Germans take over two of those large Antarctica caverns, two to three miles deep under ice, in order to keep building UFO technologies and working on their or a collaborative mission with the reptilians to take over the earth and make the entire population, for reasons that are not clear, blonde, blue-eyed Nordics working with some faction of reptilians. And just as the universe seems to work so strangely, it was only today that I found this email, quote, strange things at and under Antarctica. My late uncle was in the Navy and stationed under Antarctica in the 1970s. Years after he retired to Yuma, Arizona, he went there and spent time with him and his family, the writer did. We would do work around his yard, and afterward, we would sit around and have a few beers. And one of those times, he explained to me that during his time under the Antarctic ice, he witnessed, quote, aliens in craft that were capable of being in water or in air without changing the craft. He was on board, Linda, a submarine, and they saw the craft enter the water and take off leaving the water, all in the same craft. My uncle was under top secret clearance. He explained that the submarine he was on could drop deep, deep under the Antarctic ice. And that's what my 2018 documentary with Spartan 1 and 2 was about, Antarctica Alien Secrets Beneath the Ice. Spartan 1, a Navy SEAL, was assigned in August of 2003 to travel to a specific latitude and longitude uh, beneath the Beardmore Glacier region in Antarctica. And his goal was to extract a language expert who had been deep under ice in huge, gigantic structures that the U.S. had discovered that still had light and power and huge nine-acre rooms and long corridor walls from which a lime green glowing light would appear along Spartan One's moving body as if artificial intelligence programmed for a moving biological body and perhaps even AI to move in those halls that automatically there would be software inside of whatever this was constructed of that would come up with this 
a sort of lime green light and the light would move along with his body as he moved through these huge halls. How much of World War II alien intentions are still mysteriously and secretively active on Earth, our moon or their moon or whoever's moon throughout our solar system and beyond? And is that the secret war on Earth alluded to by some human abductees that the tall whites and some faction of Nordics have been helping humans to resist is the feeling of chopped up timelines of an agitated planet, more agitated than most of us can remember since World War II. Is it related to something in this big, huge context that Bill Tompkins talked to me about in 2015, and now eight years later, we're on a planet where everywhere, every country, the agitation of what this planet is going through seems so oddly strange. Could it relate to an Earth secret war as old as World War II, as old as the Anunnaki thousands of years ago? Are we building up to something where we will finally be introduced to the good, the bad, and the in, in the middle about what it is that interacts with our planet that can go into water and air and do all sorts of things in one craft that is that adaptable? And what, in the end, has been the goal of the original genetic manipulators maybe 278 million years ago their experiments started and that we are one of the humanoid end products of millions of years of tweaking and manipulating genes on this planet as that document I read here at Kirtland Air Force Base on April 9, 1983 said so clearly. These extraterrestrial biological entities manipulated DNA in already evolving primates to create Homo sapien. What are we to all of this? And why can we not live with each other in peace? It is the most haunting question right now on a planet that feels so agitated with the mysteries of other intelligences perhaps deeply involved. And we still have not been told the truth that we're not alone in this universe. May we be told the truth and may it have some sort of soul release for every human. Truth truly can set us free. And on that note, Ian, before I go to you to begin Q&A, I would like to just add the paragraph that Brad and I got out of sync on at the beginning because of Tony Sweet, who is doing the Parapod Festival on March 31st, April 1, is honoring me with what they are calling the 2023 Media Legend Award. And I am very grateful 
Uh, I have known Tony for a long time, and he does such great work in the radio, and that I am feeling uh, very, very honored that he is uh, going to sort of honor my work. And I want to say to all of you that I really look forward to seeing all of you who can be at the Parapod Festival. And we will be in the matter world, so maybe more safely than we have been able to the last three years. We can not only shake hands, maybe we can even do some quick COVID hugs. So I wanted to come full circle back because it's extremely uh, kind that Tony is honoring me with this legendary award. And I just wanted to share that. And Ian, where are we with comments and questions? Okay, Linda, I have a lot of um, comments and questions. And uh, I'd just like to say our subscriber rate at the moment is at 233963. So we just need another 37 to make us 234,000. Only how many? Another 37 30, subscribers. 37. So, you guys, if you haven't subscribed, yeah, click on that subscribe button. And maybe we'll go over the 234,000 tonight. That would be great. Have March I'll be a great know. month. <laughs> yeah, I'll go ahead. I'll let you know when, when we do. Okay, first question straight up, Linda. This is from MG in the chat. Question, is the secret space program real? Yes, absolutely. We have a secret space program. We have had it, as I have announced on the program over uh, a year ago, uh, that as far as I know, it was uh, beginning in a serious way three years after Neil Armstrong walked on the moon. We already were developing a secret space program at that time. But between 1972 and today, the three huge starships that I have had some details about, the Curtis LeMay, USS Curtis LeMay, the Roscoe Helen Ketter, and the Hoyt Vandenberg. Those are three uh, large starships that we have been able to take into our secret uh, space Navy or space Air Force through the help, as I understand it, of the tall whites in the Nordics. We would not have them without their specific help. And now from going through all of this work with Bill Tompkins, it's becoming clear to me that just like so many things in nature, if you are blonde haired or blue eyed, it doesn't mean that you're all in one group. And so which Nordics working with which tall whites is another one of the unanswered questions. But the assumption from everything I know is that we have had these collaborating advanced intelligences helping us for a very long time. And that would mean that the secret space program might go all the way back to beginning work, maybe right out of World War II, uh, Roswell. Roswell and all of the things that the United States has gone through and kept secret, they would have probably led up to finally having a meeting uh, with what they thought were friendly and or neutral. And that today in 2023, it's my understanding that beyond 
the first three starships, that there are many, many more in which we are at least participating, meaning a secret space force is working with ETs out in space, in craft, that one of the, uh, I guess you would say, translations that I was given about how fast they can go if they are doing deep quantum tunneling in the quantum fabric of the universe. And that's how the advanced, um, the advanced tall whites and some of the Nordics, this is how they travel. One of the uh, translations of speed that was given to me uh, two years ago was they can go something like 50 light years quantum tunneling in five Earth days. And that makes then the universe, or at least the Milky Way galaxy that we're in, uh, more accessible to, uh, to us. And as long as we're collaborating with those that have the ability and are helping us to learn how to work in quantum, deep quantum tunneling. Why are we not aware of this publicly? That is what has been energizing my own work for 43 years. And I'm hoping that this year of 2023, that they won't let it go further. April, I've been told, should be the month, but if it isn't, at least let's hope in 2023 that there is finally a decision to tell at least get out the fact that TRAPPIST-1 is a solar system that probably does have biological signatures on that fourth planet. And the very fact that there has now been other journalism about that fact being covered up reinforced for me, oh gosh, uh, the original discussion that I had with that aerospace source about this over a year ago, that it was TRAPPIST-1 using the Webb telescope, confirming a biological signature. The very fact that recently there's been that article in Mysterious Universe about a cover-up on the discovery of a biological signature in TRAPPIST-1 solar system, it's reinforcing that everything I have been told I think is true, and I hope it doesn't mean that they're now going to pay, play a cat and mouse game yet again with the truth and just get this done. Let it be a joyous headline. Webb Telescope, it has confirmed a biological signature on whichever planet in the TRAPPIST-1 or if they want to do another solar system. But, but get this opened up. So I hope that in these conferences upcoming, the Parapod Festival and uh, the Portal to Ascension and Contact in the Desert, I'm hoping at each one we will have heard more and more about the fact that there are other intelligences and our government has been working with them for a very long time and that Antarctica, Antarctica has been covering up under two to three miles of ice for a very long time, probably in millions of years, the presence of at least some kind of reptilian presence under that ice. Let's talk about all of it, honestly. 
All right, Ian. Have you been abducted? <laughs> Here. Um, PCM Denalty in the chat says, I heard full disclosure will force the necessary conflict of reptilians versus freed humans. Covert reptilian controls a source of subtle conflict. You described ETs helped above, but humans must surface. Say that last bit again. Last bit says. Um, that last paragraph. Co covert reptilian controls a source of subtle conflict. You describe ETs helped above, but humans must surface. So this is from somebody saying that that we may be helped but that in the end, humans will provide service for the reptilians? I don't know if that's what they mean exactly from that. I guess the, com the comments, I was just going with the first part, was that um, uh, they say they'd heard that full disclosure will force the necessary conflict of reptilians versus freed humans. Well, you know, one of the, uh, I don't know whether it's ironic as much as something to at least notice, in Genesis, in the one of the world's Bibles, you've got a garden, you've got a story about the first human, male and female, Adam and Eve, and who is their teacher? It's called a viper. In the Garden of Eden was a reptile teaching the first man and woman. And that, in a way, echoes some things that I have heard the past year, but without much evidentiary proof, being that the reptilian presence claims that Earth is theirs. That's exactly what William Mills Tompkins was alluding to, that there is claim on the Earth, claim on the moon, long before perhaps Homo sapien, and that this planet, the reptilians claim as theirs, and human governments say, not anymore, this is our planet, and that that is part of the root of the conflict today. But it also raises the question, if there was a, a reptile or reptiles in the metaphorical Garden of Eden, who were teaching Homo sapiens sapien at the beginning, then maybe there is some channel of reptilian rapport with the genetic manipulation of various primates on this planet getting up to where we are one of the latest creations and the reptiles are still involved, the tall whites are involved, the Nordics are involved, the praying mantises are involved, the greys, the tall greys that are biological are involved. They have maybe a dozen different AIs that they work with on the planet. There are the teals, there are the orange skinned greys, and the list goes on and on so that when William uh, Bill Tompkins said that when he was working with the Navy with his brilliant photographic mind, that they said that there were hundreds, in one sentence, hundreds 
of different species just in this Milky Way galaxy. In another paragraph, he said, there are thousands. And so the complexity of the relationship of life forms to us humans could be extremely complex over these 278 million years that the DIA analyst uh, referred to. And that, Ian, to me, is one of the more impressive aspects of this dialogue with Bill Tompkins because it seems to me we are be right on the edge of finally being introduced that we're not alone. But on the other side of that first public huge headline, it isn't just one biological signature. It's thousands, probably millions of different life forms. That's right. We, uh, the expression teeming with life is liked yeah. very much in the chat tonight. Exactly. Exactly. And don't you find that exciting at some level? On Earth, there is friendly, hostile, and neutral. And why shouldn't we be out there exploring the universe and, and being told all the truths? That's, that's what, where I'm hoping we move to faster. Go ahead. Going to do the super chats uh, this evening. First of all, Moonbird. Hi. <laughs> One of our Thank most you, loyal, Moonbird. loyal people in the in the uh, Earth Files YouTube. And there's others we recognise in here as well. There's Terry D, yes. Caroline Boyce, Yin Yang Glow, Patty London, Sexy Sadie, Kathy Iwanowski. Judy Graham, and Whisper of Love. Whisper of Love says, Hi, Linda, what if we cannot handle the truth about UFOs? I know that that is always a question that comes up. I know there is always a risk that the unknown can have danger in it. But I also feel grounded in what we've talked about on the Earth Files YouTube channel for the last few years, that there is thought that dwells in the light at the biggest, most infinite level. For me, that is a fundamental truth. And that if this universe that seems to be a holographic projection, more and more and more, the papers that come out having to do with studying that question, it seems to me that it's beginning to tilt more toward, wow, this sure does seem to have the underpinnings of a hologram, which by definition is projected. And if this is a projected universe, it may be that it was projected, created and, project, and projected for exactly the test of how strong can the light be against the dark? How strong can souls be through infinity, being educated through various bodies in various universes, in various challenges, and always still come out choosing the light. If the big, huge, gigantic all of all is something like that, then this universe that we're in could be something like an advanced university a university for souls, and that the 
souls only learn by being in bodies, whether they're human bodies, giraffe bodies, uh, gray bodies, tall white bodies, whatever it is. And that we're in a universe that is evolving for a reason along these lines that pit the dark versus the light. There's something that seems to me that the longer I have tried to pay attention to that question, the more it seems like something like that is at the core of this universe. If it is, then the tall whites and the Nordics and the others are in the same universe and they know the same information. And it may be that danger is part of existence in this holographic university because it is only in the presence of the unknown which can bring insecurity, fear, a sense of danger that we have to make rapid decisions and that it may be that the soul, the more a soul evolves, the faster the decisions can be made and those that are correct will have longer consciousness because that being whoever it is will have survived that challenge. And one thing that has been hitting me recently as more and more incredible photographs from Ukraine are on the front pages and inside the New York Times and other media as almost as if we can't separate ourselves from we can't forget what is happening between Ukraine and Russia. It's another one of those threats, dangers like COVID and, and fentanyl now. And some place in myself, I feel this, some mornings it's as if turning on news or looking and reading at the New York Times it's just, I want, to, I want to just sit down in complete and total give up depression. Sometimes I have felt that because it seems like everything is going to hell in a handbasket fast. And then there's always that voice that comes and says, never give up. Never give up. None of you, never give up. Link yourself to the thought that dwells in the light and feel it. Feel that energy, feel that strength, and hang on to that, no matter what is happening around us. And for people who say, fundamentally, aren't all the philosophies slash religions of our planet for the last many thousand years? Aren't they all somewhere near that same kind of insight? And I think if you just study all of the various philosophies and, and don't have them be in religious boxes, just philosophies, that we're in a universe that is teaching us about infinity.
<coughs> Sorry. What, there's juniper. I have a huge juniper tree outside, and sometimes it really is overwhelming. And that in teaching us about infinity, what that means is that the soul itself must have the potential for in, infinite cycles. The biology does not in the same form. It cannot sustain through infinity. But the plasmas that are somehow part of what the soul is, the plasmas can go on and on and on. And when you start sort of feeling that inside yourself, at least for me, it takes out of arguments about what's on a, uh, a book or what's in a paper about whether they're right or wrong because what you want to be able to do is interact with your soul and this universe around us and feel what feels right to you. Not political fights, but what feels right to you, which means your soul. And I, I personally think that the large scale structure of this universe is somehow built around that. So if you start looking more through that lens, if you stand morning or afternoon, now we're getting into, it's going to be longer hours, when you stand and let the sun touch your face and you feel the warmth, say, I love you, thought that dwells in the light. Strengthen me. Strengthen humans. Strengthen this planet for all life. And somehow that always makes me feel better. I hope it will make you feel better. And I know that we're at the end of our time. But Ian, I would just like uh, for you to give me one more insight about whether uh, people have liked this longer form. I won't do it often, but this longer form with uh, Bill Tompkins tonight, because I think the issues are so important. Um, and that next week, I'll make sure we have more Q&A. But I would just like to get a sense of people's reaction to this longer form. Uh, the initial reactions are that the uh, interview was incredible. Tonight was remarkable. Uh, so I think that people are saying that they did like the long interview. So thank you. Uh, put it in the chat, folks. Let's hear your, your point of view. Brad just showed me his cell phone. And there are all of those incredible, uh, what do you call them? The Jeez. The emojis. I should have that. I should have that carved on my thumbs up. So yeah. keep them coming, folks. Yeah, the emojis—they're beautiful. I've a, a wall of them, and you guys. I hope a lot of you are going to be at the Parapod Festival, and then going to be at Portal to Ascension, and Contact in the Desert. And how fun would it be? If we actually get a headline, finally, we're not alone in this universe, and we could stay up all night watching the sky, if for nothing else but for meteorites. 
because humans should not be scared of the dark and night sky. We should be excited and exhilarated that we are in such an incredible universe, on such an incredible planet, that ETs want to use our planet as their laboratory. And maybe part of the revolution we are in is that Homo sapiens sapien is going to claim Earth by our actions and by our love for the thought that dwells in the light. Maybe that, that will make all the difference. I truly love you guys, and I look forward to seeing you next week. I do have a story, but I will take more Q&A, and I really hope to see a bunch of you at Parapod, at Contact in the Desert, and to Portal to Ascension. Take care. See you next week. Turn on closed captions for YouTube videos by clicking the white CC button on the lower right. The default language for Linda's videos is English. If you would like to see the captions in another language, click on the white settings button next to the CC button. Select subtitle CC and then select auto translate. Select a language and the captions will now appear in that language. Sort of gone through and they will hold their heads. I never had a cat do that before. And they'll pull against the comb, helping me get out snarls. And I think it's the best they've ever been.
Thanks for listening to this Earth Files podcast from the edges of science, environment, and real X-Files. Go to www.earthfiles.com to see more than a thousand Earth Files reports with photographs, drawings, and documents. And visit Earth Files every day, every week, for new reports and new podcasts. That's www.earthfiles.com. Earth Files.